Theater nerds, welcome to the Brightside Home Theater Podcast, a home theater podcast that's all about the experiences, the sights, the sounds, the scenes, the listeners, all the great people, all that fun stuff, and that's what this Takeover Tuesday is about. Uh, listener comments from September. So um, I, I apologize right up front. I apologize. One, um, I've got a few apologies here. Uh, one for last week's audio. I have no idea what happened on, uh, passengers, our live stream, and then the, you know, the following, uh, audio only podcast and the video that came out on YouTube. But for some reason, my mic, I, on my end, if you heard what my end sounded like, it was really, really low. But when it went through StreamYard, it got really amped. And uh, I was obviously clipping and that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of OCD about that stuff. I've been at this for five years and learning on the way. Paul Hurd has taught me a bunch of stuff. Um, I still have tons and tons to learn, but that was, that was bad. And uh, we have no idea what happened. Uh, I tried to work with it, but I'm, I'm actually doing something different this time. Uh, tweak of the week. I'm actually doing an audio recording of myself externally from StreamYard. Plus I have StreamYard. Uh, we will try it on the live show later today. Uh, as I record this, I'm saying today because this comes out on Tuesday, but, uh, later, uh, on Tuesday, we will do, when we're doing the live show, I'll be recording my half. I'll record the guys, but they're, you know, and we'll, we'll maybe get back into that, see if I can clean the audio up a little bit there. But thank you for everybody in the live show for the feedback and, you know, what, what our audio levels sound like because, um, uh, back at when John and I first started doing this, I used to actually like put, I'd have to publish it and then run out to my truck and listen to it in the truck. And cause I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was trying to achieve sitting here in my quote podcast studio under the stairs here. I didn't know what kind of levels I was trying to achieve and I needed to hear it in the truck because in my vehicles, because that's what I figured you guys are all listening in, right? When when John and I first started, it was audio only. So we would mess around or I would mess around with, all right, let me try it this way. Let me try it this way. And it was all trial and error, but all the trial was in a vehicle. So I had to take it and publish it so that I could, but only, you know, keep it private and then go into the truck and download, you know, listen to it, connect my phone to the truck, listen to it and go, no, that doesn't sound right. And you know, manipulate John's audio, manipulate my audio and do all this stuff to try and get it to sound good. And what, what was like a huge compliment to us was, um, when John and I was, when we were first starting out the first couple months, we didn't have anybody, we didn't know anybody was listening. And then we started getting comments, uh, after like three or four months. And then we got a couple of comments, like people realized we weren't in the same state. And, you know, John's down in Texas and I'm up here in Massachusetts. 
And uh, they were like, you guys aren't in the same state. It sounds like you're in the same room. And I was like, yes, I've made it because <laughs> that was my goal all along. Uh, I did. I want that was my first goal. And now I'm just trying to clean it up and get it to a point that, you know, it's a little bit uh, runs on its own. But obviously with technology, that never happens. You know, for all I know, last week, StreamYard put out an update and, you know, something didn't jive with my system. And it comes through. Ask John every week. It's like he's his system's like, now I can't see this or this isn't working right. It's like. It's always a connect, and he doesn't change his settings. It's he sits down to his computer every week, and I think he only uses that computer for this, uh, for podcasting. So it really nothing should change, right? No, not the case. So that's that's the first apology, um, and, and maybe a maybe a future apology too, because who knows how the live stream will go this week again. But uh, we're working on it, and it's like our theaters; it's part of the fun, right? It's like I, I actually, for me, it is kind of fun. Um, just like when we did the live stream from Cedia, and everything went blank, I used to get all worked up about it, and I get upset, and because. I was trying to build a base, trying to build some credibility. And thanks to you guys now, I feel like I have that. I have a good base, good solid base of listeners, uh, supporters. And then you guys also understand as well. You're not, you know, I mean, new people to the show, I st- you got to keep on your toes because you want new people coming in. If all of a sudden my audio levels are, rah, 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 they're horrible. People don't want that, so they'll turn them off. But I'm comfortable with the base. I'm comfortable with where we are. So when stuff goes wrong, I don't panic like I used to. I'm just like, oh, okay, let's see if we can figure this out. And we did, you know, or we do eventually. So, but uh, thank you for that. And um, the other one is if I've missed anybody, like if you sent me a uh, like a nice email that was, you know, had questions in it or something and I missed it. Uh, I apologize if it's not in the show. Um, I have a new system for tracking this and I picked it up from, um, from Michael from Youthman. He gave me this, this app. It's called Trello, Trello.com for, for, uh, uh, basically it's a to-do list type thing. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, I'm just starting to use it the last few weeks, but I've saved all my messages to there and links and I, I'm running everything through this now. It's literally my house building. My wife and I share it and she can pop things in and I can see it. it's really, really cool. It's like a, a you know, a work board so you can see how everything's progressing. Uh, so I saved as many as I could and I'll go through the YouTube comments as well. Um, but in any time, like I typically I don't, I'm not going to comment on like all the Twitter stuff, but, uh, if, uh, if something pops up in Twitter and I'm like, Oh, wow, I, I really want to talk about that one. I'll throw that on, uh, the show as well. Most of the time we just have those conversations on Twitter. So, but, uh, yeah, thank you everybody for, uh, for listening. Um, thanks to all my Patreon supporters, uh, all the patrons really appreciate it. We just did our first uh, giveaway on Patreon, Patreon uh, on Monday. Uh, Mike Schramm, congratulations to Mike Schramm winning the sweatshirt. Um, really appreciate that. Everybody playing along. Uh, there'll be there'll be some more. Maybe not as extravagant as the sweatshirt, uh, but you know, I'll give away maybe on a, a special day. I'll give away a mug, uh, pens. Fun stuff like that, but um, yeah, pay attention over there, and uh, 
Uh, but yeah, thank you to, just as a thank you to all my supporters for so long. I'm trying to, trying to beef that up a little bit and give back a little bit because they've been giving everybody over there has been doing, been great, uh, just helping support the show. So it's kind of funny. It goes back and forth. Hey, thanks for supporting the show. I'll support you and then you'll support me. It's kind of funny, but, but, uh, yeah, patreon.com, uh, slash brightside home theater. Uh, I almost forgot what it was. That's John's line. All right. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, YouTube. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube live on Tuesdays. Uh, then the podcast, then I re put it out on, fr- on Fridays with new cleaned up audio, uh, especially going forward. Uh, also going to be creating the podcast page over there on YouTube as well. So please subscribe. That would be great. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. I really appreciate that. Um, on, especially on YouTube, where we're at, I think as I looked earlier, we're at 960, so we're 40 away from making it to our thousand goal. Uh, once we get there, we're going to do, I'll schedule the 24 hours of HT home theater podcast. Uh, it's funny, 24 hours and I'm shortening the word HT. Like I got 24 hours. I think I could say the word home theater. Uh, so yeah, 24 hours of home theater where I'll be doing a marathon stream uh the logistics will be uh so far i found out i can only do 12 hours at a time on youtube so it'll be two 12 hour back to back uh streams on youtube uh i will put them out i'll probably end up putting them out in um uh 12 two hour pieces uh, so that'll be fun for people to, <laughs> to go back and listen to. <laughs> Why the hell you do that? I don't know. Uh, I can't wait to see what I'm like after 24 hours. I really can't. Uh, Todd has promised he's going to kick it off and he's going to end it. Um, I'm not going to hold him to that, uh, cause who knows when this will be scheduled. And I know, you know, his, his girls are in school. He's a busy guy. He's building a house. I mean, so that's Todd Anderson of Amy Nirvana. So. We'll see what happens there, but I'm sure I've got guests lined up, volunteering, um, listeners from around the world helping me out in the, in the wee hours of the morning for me. Uh, so this is, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to that, but got to get to a thousand first. Uh, so as we creep ever closer, we'll, you know, that'll be fun. All right. Let's get to, uh, some experiences for this week. Uh, trying a new setting also on the Roadcaster Pro 2 here. Um, see what happens there. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do we got? Um, let's see. Do we want to do, uh, uh, let's pull it up here. We'll go with this one first. Oops. There we go. Uh, so this is a tweet. Oh, speaking of which, I just clicked on it and brings it right up. That, that, that uh, Trello thing's pretty good. Is that Trello? Is that what it is? Um, let me see. Yes, Trello. Too many different words. All right. So Paul Hurt at Paul Hurt on Twitter says, a few months ago, I did a podcast for at Brightside HT about the process of mixing movies for home viewing in the varying quality of Blu-ray and streamed movie audio. Here's a great article by at Ben Piers, which helps explain the minefield we're navigating. And it uh it was uh slashfilm.com um check it out i'll put the link in the show notes for this one uh if you happen to go to the show notes and the link isn't there uh hit me up on twitter or email me and i will quickly add it uh cuz sometimes i forget but i could actually you know what i can actually let me see 
copy. Look, this is what's so cool about this Trello thing. Notes for, see, Takeover Tuesday notes. I just copied it. Uh, show more. I can actually, here you go. I just added the link to the show notes. Paste. Boom. There it is. Uh, so I know it will be there. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Boom. Boom. I don't know why. And you guys are lucky enough to be able to hear all of this living on the fly. Here we go. All right. Back to the, uh, the article. So it's, um, slashfilm.com and the article is here's why movie dialogue has gotten more difficult to understand and three ways to fix it really good article all right uh i i've read this this article came out a while ago let me see what the timestamp on it is here august 22nd of 22 so it's been out over a year and i remember reading it back then but it's definitely worth revisiting if you've if if you've already read it if you haven't read it um it's you know, definitely worth reading. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that that explains what's going on. It explains the different um, issues that arise and why. Um, there and it, like he says here in one quote, there are a number of root ca- causes. Says Mark Mangini, the Academy Award-winning sound designer behind films like Mad Max: Fury Road and Blade Runner 2049. It's really a gumbo. An ac- ac- accumulation, easy for me to say, an accumulation of problems that have been exacerbated over the last 10 years. That's kind of this time span where all of us in the filmmaking community are noticing that dialogue is harder and harder to understand. Join me and these industry experts, the gumbo, and identify some of the most prominent issues. And one of them says it's a purposeful choice. And that's what a lot of people say about, like, obviously... Christopher Nolan and Tenant and Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises and all of that. And it's like it 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 can be a purposeful choice. And and that's fine. I I have very rarely had and I I tweeted out about this at the time and I it's a accurate a super accurate tweet. Um because when I say I have never ha- I haven't had issues in my theater with dialogue in probably since I've redone the back wall um, with sound treatments, I haven't had any issues. Now, that doesn't mean I understand everything 100%. Uh, so first, it, the most prominent one to me is Tenant. Um, a lot of the dialogue is muffled by masks. Um, Bane in Dark Knight Rises is muffled by a mask. And Christopher Nolan isn't trying to clean that up. He's not upset that you don't understand that. And I like that. That's fine. It's like, I I mean, would I like to have everything perfectly clear? Yeah. But not everything in life is perfectly clear either. There are many times when somebody says something and you either, even in in a loud room, you could be talking to somebody and you can either say, what? Excuse me, I didn't hear you. And you listen and you ask them to repeat it. Or... You infer from context, you know, like you see somebody in a, in a red dress walk by and your buddy goes, blah, 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 red dress. And you don't understand the whole thing, but you just nod knowingly like, oh yeah, you're right. Right. That's it. And it could be anything. He could have said, wow, that looks ridiculous. And you're thinking, wow, that looked great. And your boy, and you're going, uh huh. Yeah. Right. But you know, you know what I mean? So that happens in real life. If an artist choose to put that into their content, we shouldn't be complaining about it. 
he's not complaining. He's not mad that you can't understand what, you know, the, um, the protagonist, I think is what the character's name is in, uh, in tenant. So he's not complaining. You can't understand. He's like, yeah, I meant that, but I want to know what it is. Well, he doesn't want you to. So there you go. There's nothing wrong with that. No different than the white painting in, in daredevil when, uh, Fisk looks at it and goes, I love that. And you'd be like, oh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? That's not what the artist intended. So there you go. And that, so that part doesn't bother me. But the rest of them, I think, can get all cleaned up. And I do that. I know this from my own experience. When I cleaned up my room, the audio wise and put more sound treatments in there, it, it allowed me to hear the dialogue way more clearly than I ever had before. And I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned on the show and a tweet or whatever, but there was a line in the dark night. And I've said it when they're sitting at the table and yeah, I mentioned it on the show. And so they're sitting at the table and it's, you know, Bruce Wayne and his, uh, Russian dancer. And then, um, uh, the other, uh, now I'm going blank. Nobody's here to help me. So, but anyways, there was a line in that it, when they're at dinner there, right? And there was a line I didn't understand for years because that came out in 2008. And then I, I couldn't understand. I kept rewinding. I couldn't understand it. Didn't put on subtitles. Just let it go. Let it go. And then when I did the room treatments and I was like, oh yeah, this, everything sounds better. Let me go back to that dark night. Uh, I hadn't revisited it in a while. Let me go back to that dark night scene. I go back to that scene. I can hear, understand everything so clearly that I don't know what wasn't clear now. I, it was so, it's, it, you'd think that it would be a little bit lower or a little muffled that I couldn't understand it. And it's basically what it is, is it cleaned up the, the, the ambient sounds around the room. It cleans up any harshness or anything, all that the, you know, all that absorption, it helps. And it allows you to just hear what's coming from that center channel. I think in the other part, I can't remember if it's in this article or not. Uh, if you want to read the article and let me know, but I think the other part is in the last 10 years, we've seen a, I think we've seen a rise in, uh, center, uh, not center channel, sorry, soundbar use. More and more people are adding soundbars. And when you use a soundbar, it takes all of the sounds that are supposed to be in the room and it tries to put them in the front of the, it puts them into that sound bar. And now sounds that should be coming from the sides or overhead or from behind are all getting pumped to you from the front. And it's harder to distinguish which is the center, center channel and which is surround use. And it all kind of gets muddied together. Plus, if you're using a sound bar, you're probably not in a heavily treated room. It's probably a highly reflected room. If you're deciding to say, well, it's movie night and I'm using a sound bar with zero treatments in a room because you're in your living room, but you want it to be movie night and maybe that sound bar came with a subwoofer or a base module, <laughs> if you will, you put that on and you're like, it's movie night. We're going to turn the lights down and turn it up. So when you turn it up, everything's going up and you're just getting bombarded with sound and you're like, I don't, I can't understand everything. Well, this isn't the environment that you're supposed to be watching at these volumes through a sound bar. It's not going to be conducive. 
And what I think is funny is I hear and I get comments from people probably on this pod, this particular episode itself will be like, no, you're wrong. It's the dialogue. It, if it was the dialogue, then in a properly treated room, you would have a problem, but you don't. If a properly calibrated, properly treated room, which is what the studios are like when they're mixing this, if that's okay, why, how can you in an untreated room say it's the dialogue and it's not, it's, you know, in, in tenant, yes, that's part of the movie. He doesn't want that cleaned up, but in other movies where you're like, oh, it's really bad. I can't understand it. I know people don't like to hear this and this is the bright side, but kind of look at yourself, look at your system. Because if, if there are people telling you it sounds great here and you're saying, no, it doesn't, then you're, no, you're both right. Okay. Both people are right. It sounds great in one place and it doesn't in another. Those are both correct statements, but it doesn't mean that it's the dialogue track that's bad or the audio on that disc is bad. It doesn't mean that. It means that in the weakest link in the source isn't the dial, isn't the source. Okay. The weakest link is probably your, is your room. I would guess it's not even your speakers. I've heard over and over from industry experts. I won't even talk to people about speakers unless they have room treatments because they deal with higher end speakers. And they're like, you don't know what a speaker sounds like if you don't have proper room treatments. But for some reason, people think, oh, it's not the room treatments, but they don't have them or don't have enough of them. Or, you know, it's like, that's the problem. And, and it's funny. I've helped people in other areas and, and you, they'll call you up and be like, I'm having an issue with this. A won't connect to B or blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Try this. No, that ain't it. What do you mean? You called me. What do you mean? That isn't it. Try this. No, I, I'm telling you that isn't it. Okay. Try it. Oh, wow. It worked. Look at that. So same thing. I think the biggest issue is, Honestly, I think the biggest issue with dialogue, in my humble opinion, through my experiences, is in the last 10 years, we have people having movie nights, raising the volumes, whether it be in a, in a living room space or in, in a dedicated home theater, and they don't have enough room treatments and or, to complicate it further, are just going through a sound bar. And then they're raising the volume because when you raise the volume, that's how you get the feel of that bass in that room. And that's the other thing. If you don't have enough room treatments in your bass, you're cranking your bass and a lot of people love bass. They love to run their bass hot. Well, if you don't have it and you're trying to get that feel, that feel, and I've, I've felt it, I've seen it, a room that has good bass, good solid bass should just be a boom, punch to the chest, Sound is over, not a boom, and then it vibrates through you for a long period of time. That would be a room that's like, it's just too much reverb going on. It's too much. And then if if somebody's talking while that's going on, you're not going to hear the dialogue correctly because you got too much going. Bass should be quick, fast, uh, and well, depending on the note, sometimes there is like Lucy or something like that where you get, there is a bass vibration, but you know what I mean? 
So I think it's room treatments myself, and I think it's being exacerbated recently in the last 10 years because most people don't have them and they are in the home theater community is actually growing by way, not necessarily nerds like us, but by way of people, you know, having movie night and using sound bars to elevate everything. But now they're blaming it on the, the audio track instead of the, the setup. So, all right, we'll be here for about six hours if every message goes this way. <laughs> So I've, I've, I've had fun with that one. So we will move on to the next one. Uh, let's see. What do we got next here? Uh, let's, that was Paul's, uh, bright listener experiences, Paul's. All right. An email from Steve. So that's, this is from Steve at, and it says, uh, I finished this edition about two miles into my walk around Hyannis Harbor. Agree with your thought process on affiliate links, though it certainly might help offset some podcast costs. Regarding the question suggestion about assigning a movie to watch, I hear your point. This should not feel like a job on your own time is going to be strained during the new house construction. I think I had made a similar suggestion before and I appreciate your response. I do wonder if it might further engage listeners if we knew in advance of the Tuesday broadcast what some of the movies were being viewed. So if someone wanted to watch it beforehand, they could do so and maybe liven up the chat. Is that even necessary? <laughs> I know Steve often tweets X's. Uh, Thing, he put it in parentheses, X's, question mark? Things he's watching in Cinema George during the week. This would not be an obligation, but more of a collaboration, even if it got someone who hasn't seen that flick in a, in a long time to pull it up for a quick review. Just a thought and certainly respect the decision to completely ignore this, <laughs> Steve. Had. I never ignore them. Um, I forget them, but that's completely different. That's just, that's me. Okay. That doesn't mean your, your message wasn't good or who, are, you know, not just Steve's or anybody's. It just means that's like, Oh, cool. And, I, there's so many messages I get in all of my life, not just home theater. And I'll be like, oh, I can't wait to get back to that person and be like, oh, crap, I never got back to him. Uh, OK, let's start at the beginning of this. Um, let's see. Uh, the, the affiliate links might offset the podcast costs. No, um, it, it would. Yes. No. But no, I am. I am just I, I just it's so I'm, I'm like getting like butterflies in my stomach thinking about it. It's just so against. My ideals, because I think if it, it would, it's just, to me, it's just a conflict of interest there. Um, it's, it's too much of a like, okay, if you, you know, if you watch this movie or if you, if you buy this movie, we'll, you know, use our affiliate link or do whatever. And that's not what, what this show is about. I'm not saying I'm against other people doing it. I get it. And they, and they should do it. And that's how people make, they make a good living doing it that way. They recommend stuff. And if you, if you take their recommendations and they, they make money, that's fine because you trust them. But in this world, we're all about the experiences and it's so subjective, right? And I don't want it to be, I mean, and that's the world that I'm living in is so subjective, subjective, objective, right? Everything to me, it is objective, uh, it is subjective. I'm sorry. The whole thing is subjective. If, if I watch a movie 
And then all of a sudden, like say, it could be a movie from, you know, I don't know, from say 1987 that you haven't seen in a while. And it's like most people have never heard of or something like that. Right. It's like, like, say I brought up young blood and then all of a sudden I'm like, go to young blood and buy this. And why would you buy that? It's like, I'm like, I'm trying to get sales of, of something that I know people, I don't want people to even think that I'm trying to think of something that you don't already own or anything like that. And, and then what if my opinion is bad, right? And it, or not even bad, but differs so greatly from yours, Right. And or, or like take Evil Dead Rise. I didn't like it at all. So but two guys on the show did. And apparently now I'm supposed to like it because it was a vote and my opinion has to change. But that's not the case. But at the same time, if there's money on the line and Evil Dead Rise is selling for like twenty nine ninety nine because it just came out in 4K digital. And it's like, I'm going to hurt our sales by saying I don't like it. And you're like, yeah, fine. I won't buy that. And be like. I don't even want that perception. You see what I mean? But say like, I don't even know if Todd has um, uh, links, right? But say Todd says something about a speaker and he tells you all the facts about it and this is what he likes about it, what he doesn't like about it. And then you decide to buy that speaker or subwoofer or whatever through the links that he has, if he has them. I don't even know. I'm just using it as, as an example, right? Then that's great. But you listen to the facts, Everything I'm saying is only a fact to me in my room. It's the experience. It's subjective to me. It's what I like. And I'm hoping you guys get to experience the same thing. Just like we were talking about earlier about, or we, I say we, talking about center channel and dialogue. It's like, this is how I experience it. And what do you experience? And this, this and that. And it, I, I just feel like it would get too muddied in, in my own head. I'd feel too conflicted, like, oh, man, why, my motivation. And if anybody ever said that to me, I'm like, at least this way. That's why I love the Patreon model. It's like I am supported by my listeners, and that's it. I'm not supported by uh, by any other means. I'm not supported by a link to Amazon. I'm not supported by – I mean, when we get to a 1,000, I'll make tiny, tiny money from YouTube, but – if it grows and it makes a little bit more, then that's fine. But that to me is a similar to Patreon. It's like the fact that I have followers there and we get like $7 a month for our numbers. It's, it's pretty much what it'll break down to when I hit a thousand. I'll get like seven bucks a month. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> like, there you go. I can't, that in three months I could buy a movie. <laughs> it's like, wow. All right. Um, but you know what I mean? I'm not looking for that. It's, I like the, I like the, the Patreon model where I'm supported by you guys. And if you guys like what I'm doing and you like our approach and you like everything that we're about, then you support us that way. And then I never have to worry about screwing up. You guys know I screw up. You guys know I make mistakes. Hey, I don't like Evil Dead Rise. Mark V does. I love Mark V. But we don't have to agree on everything. Steve and I rarely agree. <laughs> and that's what I love. And that's how we became friends on Twitter, right? Uh, John Thompson, same thing. We, we had a disagreement on Twitter a while back and we went and we, we listened to each other and it, it was great. Travis, I, I love the guy. It's like I, since meeting him in person, I feel like he's like a brother now. We disagree on everything. <laughs> It's so funny. When we were standing on the CD of floor, I can't tell you how many times we were like, no, that's different. No, we were back and forth. I love that because our everybody's perceptions of things is different. And that's what makes it great 
but I don't want, I don't, I would never want my, an affiliation to something be like, you're crazy if you don't buy this. Um, no. So it's, if you choose to buy it and I love hearing that, I love it when people say like, oh, DJ, you're costing me money again. You guys are killing us. Oh my God. Brightside home theater episodes over. I got to go spend money. Great. But you're doing that on your own accord. And if you want to support us through Patreon, I'd appreciate that too, but I don't, I don't want to do it that way. All right. That was the first paragraph. <laughs> Uh, you see why I want to do it this way? Because I feel like I can give you guys more of more answers in, in, <laughs> in a long form like this, um, regarding the question about assigning a movie to watch. Um, yeah, that, that gets tough. That gets really tough. Um, because Steve requested, Steve came up with the idea when he first joined full time, um, I've had multiple, multiple listeners about how about we all do this, but then it becomes a chore. And that's, again, that's not what this is about. We are about the experiences and I can't tell you, and I'm sure you guys have all been the same way. You're sitting down to watch a movie and like, I'm watching the continental right now, just before I, just before I sat down to record, I finished the continental. I almost didn't sit down to record because I wanted to roll right into John Wick. So it's that kind of inspiration that make that makes this fun. And I want our shows each week to be whatever inspired us, you know, like John, like we go on these kicks. We went on the martial arts kick. We'll go on another kick. What was I had one this week? Oh, I got I tell you, and it was an accident. Like it's like an accidental Mel Gibson kick. I watched um Expendables three. We'll talk about that in the live show. And then went right in, I didn't go right into, but then the Continental has Mel Gibson in it again. And I I didn't do that one on purpose, but there he is. But then I have a scene for this week that I might do. If I don't do it this week, I'll do it next week. But I got inspired from Mel Gibson from, and it's one of my overall favorite demo scenes from a Mel Gibson movie that I'll talk about. If I don't talk about in this week's live show, it'll probably be next week's live show. Well, maybe never, it will be someday. But what I mean is like, I got inspired, like, oh yeah, there's an idea. I got to do that. So you see, and you jump, my mind jumps around like that. And I know, I'm sure you guys do the same thing. You're watching a movie and you'll see a character in it or a person and you'll be like, oh yeah, I haven't seen, oh my God, John Wick. Yeah, DJ mentioned John Wick. I haven't seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in a long time. Okay. It's like, you know, so like now you go watch that and that's how it should go that's what makes it fun. You get inspiration from the inspirations themselves and not like somebody going, all right, we're picking this movie this week. You have to watch it. But I don't know why I'm watching it just because somebody randomly wants us to see that or your inspiration now has to become my inspiration. And that does, that happens sometimes too. And that's fine if it's your choice, right? Like when John did um Snatch, I saw it in the notes. I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen that in so long. I got to see it. So I did, right? But it wasn't a job. It wasn't a choice. It was my choice. So my my theater, my choice. So that's that's got to be a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, and, and this is a good, Steve, this is a legit question. This is a legit suggestion that I keep trying to do. 
But he says, I do wonder if it might further engage listeners if we knew in advance of the Tuesday broadcast what some of the movies were going to be viewed. So if someone wanted to watch beforehand, they could do so. Maybe liven up the chat. If Is that even necessary? So that is a great suggestion. I've tried to do it. I've tried, you know, Steve does it very well. It's part of his, he's been doing that. That's why he's so good at it, I think, is he's been doing that since before he was on a podcast, right? That's how he built his home theater name, really. It's like he would just sit down, he'd tweet out four pictures, probably spoil the movie for somebody, you know, Patrick Stewart. Um, and he would make his comments. So that's how he was. So he, that's already in his repertoire. That's already like he sits down to watch a movie. He's been doing that for years. John and I, not so much. I've, I love to watch scenes. I'm, my mind jumps around. I'll go down to my room and I'll just watch scene after scene after scene. Um, just on a fun day instead of watching a whole movie. If I watch a whole movie, I'll be like, all right, let's watch this. I'll sit down and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I should have taken a picture or I should have done this. So it's, I agree with everybody that it might, it might add engagement and I try to do it, but sometimes it just, it's, it's another, it's a fleeting thought. It's like, oh, I forgot to do that. And next thing you know, Tuesday's here. I don't even know, like sometimes I don't even have the pictures ready for the guys. They don't even know what I've watched until like Monday or Tuesday. So one week they were like, we don't even know what you watched each. I'm like, oh yeah, I saved them here differently. And it's, it's more of a workflow thing. That's just not part of my workflow. It's not part of John's workflow. If a movie or or a show really strikes us, We'll be like, oh my God, this was awesome. You got to see this. And then you'll know that. Um, but what I would say, and Steve touched on it, he goes, you know, where might liven up the chat. Is that even necessary? Um, yeah, it's like, you guys are so great in the chat. Um, I, maybe it would bring some new people into the chat that maybe had, oh wow. Oh, they're going to talk about this movie. Okay. Um, it might do that. But at the same time, I think the opposite is true too. By not knowing everything, it makes you go, ooh, I can't wait to see this week's show and see what they talked about, right? So in in both directions, it works, right? If we talk about a movie, like for some reason, Pas- Passengers is really hitting, you know, hitting it off because everybody, it's, we're getting great numbers on that. Views and listens are through the roof on Passengers. Um, but sometimes a movie... Maybe people don't care. So they'd be like, ah, I'm not even going to tune in this week. They're going to, they're going to talk about Star Wars again. Okay. I'm done. And they wouldn't tune in where it's, you don't know. You'll tune in just to find out, right? Especially on the live show where there's no preconceived show notes. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, John and I talked about it a while ago. Like don't put it in the show notes because then they know what to, what's there and they might not even listen. So there, there's arguments both ways. I, I get it. Um, and sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But that's kind of the explanation for why. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's more of that it's just sometimes I'm just forgetful and I don't do it. Same same with John, I'm sure. Uh, all right, let's get to, um, let's see, Gorinder. Uh, let's see, what did he, oh, Gorinder, congrats on 30 years. Thank you, Gorinder. I thought I added the note. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. There's no note there. Uh, let's see. And damn. All right. I'm going to have to find these because there's no note for that. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, YouTube here. 
and we will scan back to, let's say, about a month ago, and we'll go through the YouTube comments, and then maybe I'll look for the notes there. Uh, oh, man, it's take, my computer's taking too long. I had it set up, but it reset YouTube page for the comments. Um, what do we at here? Do, 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 do. One month. Fun show as always. Denzel and Hanks. Uh, I think we did those. Great show. Less interesting on Westerns. Did that. Hopefully I stuck around for the timestamps and the, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Paul stopped watching after 18 minutes. I think we did that last month. Um, and, and okay, here we go. Uh, Darth choke 88 says, uh, Bone Tomahawk is such a gritty, bone-chilling movie. So much so, I was surprised Kurt Russell was in it. Think Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, but more graphic and violent. Not a family movie. The Equalizer series, Denzel Washington, so good. No movie buff should deprive themselves for more for one more day if they have missed these movies. If John Wick and Bourne series are your cup of tea, watch these movies now. Before I upgraded my subwoofers to their own dedicated conditioner surge protector, these two movies were the only ones that overloaded my system and popped my surge protector. The base for the explosions of the freighter ship fuel truck in one and the bakery scene in two. If this does not shake your room, your subs are lacking. Go buy more. <laughs> Apparently, Darth Choke has an affiliate, I think. <laughs> Link. <laughs> no. Uh, lastly, a phenomenal discovery. I would love the triplets in the near future to revisit an older movie that has been remixed in Atmos and HDR recently. Jerry Maguire. Guys, the past, get past the you complete me chick flick if that bothers you. No, it doesn't. I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> this movie has heart. Cuba and, and Jerry both. And Jerry. Uh, <laughs> but the Atmos object-based sound design is absolutely incredible. The echoes from the gym and shower, the office ambient noise scenes, the football stadium scenes, just such a well-done mix. Perfect example of what can be achieved if the sound mixer is given the time to do it well. Thanks, Brightside HT, for making this a fun community. Uh, thanks, Darth Choke88. Um, yeah, so let's go back to, uh, let's actually, this, this touches on a great subject here about like older movies upmixed. And I've had that long theory that there, I'm, maybe they are like in the case of, uh, say, um, say Lord of the Rings. Maybe they put the time in and actually went back and redid all of the audio tracks, remixed the tracks and in an, in an object based way, meaning it's like, it's a completely new track where they actually use the object based software. They use everything to, to redo. They basically remixed the entire movie or do they take in the case of something like a uh, like a Jerry Maguire, do they put it through a processor and basically upmix it and get and that gives it now it is Atmos, but the processing is the exact same processing that we have here when we go from a Dolby five point one track to a upmix to a Dolby surround track, which the processing then takes and maps your room appropriately. Um, I don't think, and th this has come up quite a bit recently, 
and uh, probably we'll be getting more and more legs as we talk more and more about upmixing and the processing and stuff. But the processors are so good that they're they're mixing stuff. They know like if if the sound is supposed to hover between two speakers, the processing knows that if it needs to and it knows it has an if you have overhead speakers, it'll utilize those overhead speakers. It, the, the processing knows this. You can have rain overhead in a 5.1 system if it's mi- mixed properly in a 5.1 system. Our processors now know that and they say, oh, according to what this mix is, they want this to sound like it's coming from overhead. So it uses the overheads. And the, the processing is so powerful, it's getting harder and harder to distinguish 5.1 Versus a true Atmos or DTSX mix in our room when you do the up mixing. So it's very, it's like there, I think people get, um, and I've said this multiple times, people get too hung up on the codex and not the actual experience in the room. Don't worry about the print on the back of the box. Worry about the experience in the room because there are great Atmos experiences there are bad Atmos experiences. There are great 5.1 experiences. There are bad 5.1 experiences. There are great 5.1 experiences that rival a great Atmos experience or DTSX experience, right? So let's, uh, instead of saying Atmos, let's say object-based. It's it's not the codec that's doing it. It's the room. It's literally, it's your room. It's your speakers. It's your processing, and you can go right back in the other way. It's your processing to your speakers. And then how does your room handle what you've just done? It's all of those things working together to give you that experience. And when I say processing, it literally is. Whether it came from the studio as an object-based mix or it comes from the processing on your side as an object-based, you know, as an up-mixed to utilize all the speakers in your room. So... um I'm finding that it's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm finding that it's very difficult now to tell the difference and be able to walk into a room and go, oh, yeah, that's clearly an Atmos track. Really? No, that's a 5.1 track upmixed. No, I could hear it overhead. Yeah, you can. And that's the point, you know. And then there's other Atmos tracks. Uh, some of them call them uh Atmos, but they use a rodent's last name, which I think is incorrect because they do have that, that studio does have some great tracks. Um, but there are some bad ones and you'd be like, Oh, this is clearly a five one. No, that's Atmos. Just not done well. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. All right. Next one. Uh, from Blue Wave 3050. I don't know about you guys, but Netflix just released a trailer for a movie that might be a home theater event of the year. Rebel Moon. Wow. Please, please, please let the audio and video be great. Yes. I can't wait for that. Uh, uh, Zack Snyder doing any Star Wars to me. Oh boy. This is going to be fun. Not only is the movie going or the, the show or whatever it is going to be fun. I can't wait for the backlash from, you know, people are just going to dislike it and then people are going to overly love it because it's Zack Snyder. So there's people that are against anything he does. I mean, when he went through the DC universe, people were like, oh my God, I can't believe he did that. And, uh, you know, so 
it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, love the content from, uh, Jarius J. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski directed only the brave, not Jonathan Liebsman. Yep. That was a correction. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Battle. This is from the one time line. Yeah. Battlestar Galactic is and always will be one of my favorite movies. Great movie show to listen to. Yeah, it is. Um, still going through that kind of slowed down since I've grabbed a couple other content, like, uh, obviously namely, um, the Sandman. Uh, oh, Mike Mad 1933 from, uh, says from the Battlestar Galactica podcast that we did, uh, quickly becoming my favorite podcast. Thanks for the great content. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, that was before the show. So he is talking about us, not the Battlestar Galacticast. <laughs> uh, so thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Um, Battlestar Galactica 4K is a theatrical version of the first three-part TV pilot. Yep. So that came from Andre7015. Uh, PK says, uh, PK Hamu2005 uh, says, John, that's quite strange. PC2K is a pretty heavy, oh yeah, PC2000 is a pretty heavy sub to be crawling that way. And if it's on a riser filling the riser, yeah, so he's talking about, um, uh, I'm losing it here. Otherwise, try using gym tiles once. Uh, but yes, John has since solved that. But yeah, so everybody, we've had some, uh, suggestions on John's cylinder, cylinder subs dancing across the room. Uh, Doug Davies, 4032. The reason Kaleidoscape has not really taken off is because nobody can afford it. I can't afford it. So physical media rules. So, um, well, Doug, <laughs> hashtag bright side, but you're wrong in both situations. Uh, one, Kaleidoscape is considered physical media because you do own it physically on your hard drive. And two, it has taken off. It has been around for 20 years. It is doing very well. Um, they just keep selling and trucking along. So, and yes, I do agree. People can't afford it, but not nobody. Uh, cause I was able to get one. I, I saved up. I got mine. Uh, and I'm in the process of saving up more because I need a bigger hard drive. Uh, but yes, it, it, to say that nobody can afford it isn't fair. And, um, but it is physical media does rule. Kaleidoscape, believe it or not, is part of physical media because you physically own it. And that's one of the advantages of it. That's why they have a, an entire yacht division because you physically download the movies, take it on your yacht, no internet, no nothing and ship off and you can watch all of your movies all of the time. Just like if you took a case of like your DVD case with you and you put all your Blu-rays into a nice folder and you put it on your yacht and took it with you, same thing. The only difference is if the ship sinks and your case goes down, your your Blu-rays go down, you lost them. If your ship sinks and your Kaleidoscape goes down, you just go home, get another one, and then they'll all be downloaded right there for you. So there you go. Um Dean M. Rosenberg, 38. And this is one of the reasons why I don't want to have an affiliate. I don't have an affiliate with Kaleidoscape. I wouldn't recommend people to buy one because they are super expensive. Let me get back to that for a second. 
I've loved Kaleidoscape since they first came out when they were forty, forty-five thousand dollars each. I just loved the idea of having my library at the touch of my fingers. I watched them go through. They had lawsuits years ago with the studios because it was kind of like the Napster thing. They had to go through that. They fought through that. They don't even like to talk about that. When I had Luke on from there, it, they were like, yeah, 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 well, that was years ago. But they don't like to talk about it. But it is true. It's what happened. And because of the lawsuit, because of everything, they ended up settling down, settling with the studios, not for money, but how to do this right. And they're the only ones that you can actually download, own the movie on a server legally in this country anyways. And they worked with the studios. And I, I mean, they don't talk about it. They'd rather forget that they had to do that. But I think it's a testament to their part because they did a great job of fighting through. It's like, this is something that people want. And is it expensive? Yeah, but there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. I'm sure the tech isn't cheap. And, you know, and my personal thing is if they made it substantially cheaper, I don't know if they have the capacity, their servers have the capacity to serve everybody. Right. So like if we're all like I download probably a movie or two a week, but if all of a sudden the whole like say they came down to a reasonable price point and they quadrupled or even more like 10 times the the listeners or not listeners. Right. 10 times the customers and 10 times the people are now trying to download all their Star Wars movies or download. And these are 80 to 100 gigabyte files for a 4K. They're huge. Right. Now, all of a sudden, their servers have to meet the demand of all those people. That's and and here's this is an educated guess by me for from what happened when Apple rolled out their iPhone back in 2007, 2008. It was only available on AT&T and they specifically said we can't roll it out to Android We to, you know, to um, not not Android duh, to um, Verizon because it would overrun their servers. They needed to be able to, so they halved the market by only serving one of the big servers, right? One of the big cell phone companies. So they served AT&T and it took them what, 3 4 years and then they got their stuff smoothed out and then they added in Verizon after the fact. And then Verizon comes on board and now you can have an iPhone on any platform really because they smoothed it out. I'm guessing, and it's just a guess that that's what Kaleidoscape's doing. They're, they're setting their market so that they don't get overrun with people. And if, you know, if everybody I know that has one, none of us are, are rich. None of us can afford these things on like a whim. It's literally planning and being, you know, working to get it. And then you, you get the money. And like I said, when I got mine, I go, part of the reason was COVID. We weren't able to go on vacation and we had a vacation budget. And my wife's like, go ahead, you can use it. And I bought it. I was like, all right, we didn't go on vacation. So, all right, there you go. But now we are going on vacation. So the budget isn't there to upgrade the hard drive yet. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's, I mean, it, it, I'm just trying to point out, it's like, I understand it's frustrating because, and, and that's, that's what's sad is somebody, I'm not trying to pick on Doug here, Doug Davies, 4032. Um, it, it, Doug, I'm sure you want one. Anybody that says this stuff, it's like, oh, I really want that, but nobody can afford it. How do they expect me to get it? Well, it's, 
that's just it. It's like, I, I get it. I've been there. Um, but you have to understand their side of it as well. Um, people, and, and not that Doug said this, but I've had people, multiple people. Well, you know, if they cut the cost in half, they double their market. Well, that's bad business because nothing changed. They cut their cost in half, but now they doubled their market. So how does that help? They're making that, it, that literal statement is actually telling, they're making the same money, but now they have twice the clientele, which is twice the burden of the downloads. You see what I mean? So it, it's like, and now I know, well, maybe if they do, if they cut it in half, they'd triple it. Well, yeah, then they'd make a little money, but now they've tripled their burden of downloads. And can they handle that? And part of, part of the thing of Kaleidoscape that I think is great is it is a hundred percent, it is the only home theater piece that has always been a hundred percent rock solid. Rock saw, so I have never, ever had an issue with my Kaleidoscape. I cannot say that for any other, any other piece. Now, a hard drive might go someday, but that's, that's the hard drive and that happens with computers. But in room experience, it's, you know, look at my Morantz. I start that up. Sometimes it magically, the gremlins get in there and it shuts off the Odyssey, right? And I'd be like, oh man, why is this so blaring on me? I, oh, the Odyssey shut down. Turn that back on. What? Apple TV. Oh my God. That thing is a disaster. Every time you turn it on, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Danny Speakers was here. We couldn't get the thing to work for five minutes. And I'm like, and I said to Danny, I was like, imagine if that was the Kaleidoscape. You'd be like, I'd never own that. But with the Kaleidoscape, you turn it on, boom, rock. I've never seen that. I've never seen that in home theater. Tech always goes bad, not theirs. So, you know, and this is, like I said, this is why I don't want an affiliate link because I can honestly say from, and, and it, I know you guys might not believe me. I don't care. In my in my heart, I know I love this product. That's why I had Brett on when I first had him on is because I love the product. And Joe was like, hey, I can put you in touch with Brett. He works at Kaleidoscape. I'm like, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. And you can go back and listen to that. And I said to Brett, I'm like, my first goal here is to not come out of this with an empty bank account. <laughs> because I knew just talking to him, I'd want to buy one. And I didn't buy it for, what, six, eight months later. I finally, in that, you know, I was able to get it. But, and Brett wasn't even there anymore. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's move off of that. Uh, John, reference of subs of my two channel. No bounce whatsoever. Okay. We don't need to read it. Rich. Richmond the Fish. Nice name. Uh, 11.05, the six-minute demo. Oh, Dark Knight, iconic demo scene from the Dark Knight. So this one I put, this podcast I put out a while ago. Uh, so Richmond the Fish, the fish he uh, says, at 11.05, that six-minute demo scene was, is known as the Dark Knight prologue. They originally were showing this. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, they were originally. They originally were showing this entire scene as a trailer seven months before the movie came out as one of the trailer before I Am Legend screenings in 15 perf 70 millimeter IMAX locations. I got to see this in 15 perf 70 millimeter IMAX and can't describe how good the scene was in film IMAX. The first shot with the building getting panned in on everyone in the theater gasped. I wish I could, I can duplicate that experience at home, but you can't duplicate a 60 plus foot height screen. There's an old bootleg on here you can find from the original screening if you search Dark Knight Prologue. Fun listening to their reactions from the crowd. 
Um, yeah, that's I here. This is why I'm doing this show right now. Uh, this I didn't even read this. I did like it, but I, I or I did read it and I forgot. But yeah, that is, it is awesome. Uh, yeah, you can't duplicate that 60 foot height screen. Um, you can't duplicate. You can't scooch closer because you know you're closer. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, people say, oh, just move closer for the better. You get the same field of view. Yeah, but I'm five feet away from my 70-inch screen to get that field of view. I can reach out and touch the screen practically. That's not what it's supposed to be like. So, but yeah, to have that 60-foot screen, it is an amazing experience. Um, but yeah, that that uh, demo scene is amazing. It is amazing. That opening scene, the Dark Knight prologue, it is a demo scene. Um, all right, let's see. Next comment. Oh, little, little man, uh, little no man, um, at, uh, how do you say it? Youth man? <laughs> Two weeks ago. DJ, it was great hanging out with you at CES. So, yep. Thanks, Michael. Right back at you. So, youth man chiming in. I can't stress enough what a great guy and how helpful he's been to me. Uh, let's see. Junker DC. Do they have that one? Doesn't Kaleidoscape Terror Experience? He's saying, do they have, one that doesn't cost so much. I would like one, but there's no way I'm going to pay that much. Uh, so Junker DC, I don't know what you are looking at, but there are places on, go on um, eBay and there's a lot of people selling the Strato S's. Okay. You can probably get one for, I've, I've seen them as little as 3000. It's an all in one player. It'll get you into the system. It's about six terabyte. I think the $3,000 one is about six terabytes. Uh, that's the one that I was going to go for when I first was going to get one. Uh, they're, it, it, they were retailing, I believe for like 69, seven, you know, 7,000 they were retailing for when they came out. And, but they're an all in one. Okay. So it's got your player and your, your, your hard drive is all in one. It's six terabytes, which will hold you about, I think it's like a hundred 4K movies. Um, I usually back that off a little bit to about 80 because you're probably going to do a show or something, but you can download and offload them. Nelson has one. He loves it. Absolutely loves it. Uh, that's how he got into his Kaleidoscape system. Um, Nelson got his by going to work at Best Buy. He was working at Best Buy at the time and he used the employee discount to get the strato s so if you go on to you on youtube go on to ebay search around people are selling them all the time and because they're trying to upgrade they're like i i'm done i i this doesn't hold enough space and they they sell that and they upgrade to a larger they get the terra version which is a a c it's a terra c which is the player it's the computer really and then you get the hard drive with it. And that's what I have. I have a Terra C and a Terra 12, which is a 12 terabyte hard drive. So, um, but yeah, the, the Strato S's and there's two versions. There's a six terabyte and a 12 terabyte. Um, but the cheaper one would probably be around 3000. Maybe you can find it cheaper. Um, but yeah, look around. I know a lot of people are saying that's still really expensive. I get it, but a lot of people are doing that. And it's a great way to get started into the ecosystem. And the other thing is, Look around online. If you pay three thousand and you see online that pretty much all three thousand, four thousand, three thousand, try it out. Buy a few movies, see how you like it. If you don't like it, sell it. Then all you're out is trying the movies. You bought a few movies that now maybe you can't play, but it's it, trust me, it's 
these, this is one of those things like it's like buying a luxury car or something. It's like I don't drive luxury cars because I can't afford to sit in one and I don't want to ruin my car, <laughs> the experience in my car. Um, very few people. Uh, I did hear about one recently where somebody, I think Todd was on the show and he said it. He knew somebody that started with a kaleidoscope and then they, they stopped. I've never met anybody like that. Todd knows one person. But I've never seen somebody say that. I don't even see it online either. I've never seen somebody online say, yeah, I just returned it. It's ridiculous. I don't like it. No. Once you get it, you're like, oh, my God, where you've been my whole life. Because um, it is. It's an amazing experience to just sit in your room and scan like that and, like, buy on the fly. You're out and about and be like, you think of a movie, you just buy it, you get home, it's sitting there waiting for you to play it. Uh, let's see. Um, Junker DC says... Uh, oh, I wish they would let you rent or buy DCI movies and play them on there. No need for home video at that level of performance. Well, actually, yeah, that kind of is. And that's why they don't do that. It's um, you are downloading the entire movie before you can play it. So to get that level of performance, you need it downloaded. And then to download and then delete them, which Carl does, he has a, he has a Strato S6 as well. And he's of the idea that kind of like what you're saying, Junker DC, is that you're like, I'll just download and erase and download and erase. And and that's great. You can do that. But there are people like myself that loves to, I, I want them all there because if I see a scene in one movie, I want to jump to the next scene, right? So that's, that's what, you know, can happen for somebody like me. I don't want to be like, oh, I want to watch that scene and now I got to download it and it's going to take me, I know it'll only take me 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, but it's, you know, I don't want to wait that long. I want to go watch that scene and then I'll watch another scene. So having everything there would be great. That's my experience. Your experience, you could buy these move, DCI movies, but they, you, you can rent them. They, they do allow you to rent them, uh, at $7.95, but a lot of times the movies are a lot cheaper than you would for a typical 4K disc. So a typical 4K disc, when it first comes out, is about $29.99, 25 On Kaleidoscape, I would say they average 24 As As we see with Barbie, there are a few. It's rare. And when you see them on pre-sale or something for 40 bucks, you're like, oh, wow, that is a high one. And maybe you buy it, maybe you don't. But most of them are 24 And then when you go into back catalog titles, they're like $14.99. So I've rented a few at seven ninety five, and if I liked it, I'm like, then I can buy it for the and they just charge you the additional money to get you there. So if it was like fourteen ninety nine and you rented at seven ninety five, they charge you the difference. Um, if it was twenty four, and they charge you the difference, and you have a month after you rent it to do that. Um, but at seven ninety five, what I find is like more often than not, if I'm going to rent it, and it sometimes there are movies on there for nine ninety nine. Well, I'm just buying it and then now I have it and I own it and it's on my hard drive. So, you know, they, they, they do let you rent, but at that level, you need to download the whole thing. So it's not like you can just jump, you know, jump around like that it makes it. And that's part of the Kaleidoscape experience. That's part of the, of what it's about is being able to pop in and pop out like that and just renting high quality movies. But you, like I, like I said in the earlier one, you can definitely do that with the Strato S. Now that's going to take you about 40 minutes to download a movie. It's a slower processor. But once you have your hard drive set up, you can jump around. You, you put your, your main ones on there, but then you're out 
at work or whatever and you've got your app on your phone and you go, oh my God, I haven't seen this movie in forever. And like you go on there, boom, down, hit download. You can pause it if you want, you know, when you're away or you can download it while you're away. You just hit download and when you get home, it'll be there. Uh, I have mine set up right now that they automatic. if I buy anything, it'll automatically download at 2 a.m. when it's slow. But if I'm at work and I know nobody's home using the internet, I'll just hit download and it'll be there when I get home. Um, it is a, it, it is a suck on your system now, on your home system, because if you have it wide open, which I had in the past, it'll use the full, I have a one terabyte line, one gig line and not one gig line. Yeah. One terabyte, uh, feed and I can, it'll download, it'll use the entire 900 and change whatever I'm actually getting. And everything in your house, like if my son's playing a video game, that slows down, your TVs slow down, everything. It uses the entire bandwidth of your house. So I backed it off to 500 because I don't need my movies that fast anymore. And even at 500, I'm getting them in under 15 minutes, 15, 10, 15 minutes, depending on the length of the movie and the size. So, so there are options there. But again, I get it. It's, it's not cheap. Um, but it is, in my opinion, worth it. Uh, Jonah Fish, I did not have, quote, Youth Man joins the live stream on my bright side bingo card. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, that was really cool of him to do. Uh, you know, put his money where his mouth is. He said, hey, hit me up anytime. He gave me a cell number. He's like, anything you need, I'll, I'll help you. And the day before the show, I texted him and I said, hey, I'm like, here's an idea. And he's like, give me a call. So I called him, told him the information, and he's like, boom. He's like, yeah, I'll be there, no problem. What time? And we scheduled it. I was like, how about 5.30? And that's why when he came on, I go, oh, your alarm worked. He literally set an alarm while he was on the phone with me. He's like, oh, I'll set an alarm. There you go. So thank you. He really is trying to, just like both of us, we're both trying to grow the community. Uh, his community has grown greatly, and I'm, I'm working at it. But uh, he really is trying to grow a great community. And the community is already great. We're just trying to get more and more people together. So uh, great show. And we're, we both have uh, same, you know, same goals. Uh, the One Timeline. Great show, boys. Interesting and entertaining. Thank you. Uh, PK again. DJ, small correction. I've been following Gramani for years. He is t totally against Atmos placement along with LCI along with LCR in line as Dolby recommends. It is his experience at most place inside the line of LCR gives better effects. Um, yes, it's in that, but that's what I think he was replying to. Yes, this is from the live show, live stream from Cedia. Or no, live show 316. So we were talking about that at Cedia. And that's what I was finding is that the overheads in all, in these rooms that I was going in were all different, but they were all giving great experiences. Um, and yes, in the Gramani room, I felt like the front and the rear, he had six overheads in that room. The front and the rear were kind of in line with the left and right channels, but then the middle row was pushed closer to the wall. So kind of making a V on both sides. I thought that was interesting. Uh, he did have them towed in as well. He had them pointed at the, you know, towed down. So like your front channel, your front overheads were angled, look moving to the back of the room and the back channels were angled moving, you know, tip, you know, angled to the front of the room so that all, all floors would be able to get the, 
the same, all floors, I mean, all rows would be able to get the same experience. Um, I was right up against the back wall in Gramani's room in my, in the last demo I did. And it was a good experience. It was a really good experience, which is very unusual to be against the wall and still have a great balanced experience. Now, I sat in the front row, I sat in the middle row, I sat in the side off, to, like way off to the far end. That's where my wife sat on, on her demo. She sat in one of the seats and each position got better as you got towards the center of the room. But you would be, you would not say that it was a bad experience in any spot in the room. Whereas if I go to the back corner of my theater up against the wall, it isn't even close to the same experience as what you get in the prime seating position, right? So, um, but I think that has to do with bigger room. They can spread the speakers out. I'm in a confined room and it's really that row, that center channel in my room is, is the best. And then one to either side of it, there is a compromise there on, you know, localization of the front channels isn't as accurate. Um, just, it's just cause the, the room's narrow and it's harder to, it's harder. You're, I'm almost against the wall now by moving one chair over in my current room, but that center seat is, I mean, it, it's, I, I, it's great. Love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, PK again says that's a great, that's great coverage of Cedia DJ. I have so many questions on the Trinov wave tech. Of all the videos I watched, couldn't get any conclusive listener's experience review on YouTube other than saying that it's 21 subs and ultra expensive. Not sure what's the point in uh, being in an anechoic chamber-like room. The point, yeah, hope that in the future this tech somehow comes down to AVRs as well as for more practical setups. And yeah, so that it's a great point and we've we've talked about it here in that you know the turn off wave tech is nice, but same idea. It's like what's the difference between that and just great room treatments? Um I I don't think that they're trying to tell you that this is better than room treatments. I think what they're doing with the wave tech is they're showing you that you can do this without room treatments, but it's a compromise. Okay. Um, ideally you would want to be, you know, in an anechoic, like more anechoic like chamber because then, then you don't need the wave tech, right? But what if you are in a living room space and you want to set your room up, but you don't want to have all that, that room treatments and everything can they develop this technology that it will do that? And that's what Turnoff is working on. And I think that was part of what the, the wave tech is, um, of what that demo was, because it really was pretty amazing with it off. This is what it sounded like. And it sounded amazing then, but then with it on how balanced that was and how precise they can get that. And like, like Todd said, it didn't lower the volume. It actually raised the volume in the room. So, um, of the base, I should say. So it's, um, yeah, it, 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 I don't know if we'll necessarily need it, but it is something that, um, that in the future, I think would be pretty cool. Like maybe 10 or 15 years from now, our, our video processor or our audio processors will have some kind of this tech in it. And maybe you don't need the room treatments to get a better base response, 
But I, I honestly think that there will, I don't know if there'll ever be a substitution for a properly set up room, right? You know, you want a, a good, feel what a good explosion like feels like in a field, like when you're outside. Well, that's, you need to make your room like that. So once the sound goes by you, it can't reflect and come back because that wouldn't happen in a field. So that's what we're kind of going for. And that's, that's why I kind of say like, um, um, like I, I've debated people that are, you know, audiophiles that want some, you know, reflections in the room because two channel depends on that. But in our current rooms, a dedicated room, you want to, you want to knock those, knock those reflections down as much as possible because the speakers are what should be giving you the, the sounds that you want. And there you, you're using those speakers to, to manipulate the room and not use the reflections. Um, and that's how you can get closer to reference level. Uh, let's see. What do we know here? So, uh, let's see. Um, KKR4433 sounds like the JVC room actually received the rating it deserved. Everything in the space must be at its best. My left eye will recover from all the Sony mentions. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like Sony. Um, I don't know why. They're great products. Uh, but yes, the JVC room talking and that's talking about, um, Cedia. And I, I don't like that. It's like, who was it that, uh, um, was it JBL? I think JBL did it in the reverse way. They had a crappy screen and it, they, yeah, it, it, yeah, it wasn't very good. So it's like, you're trying to show off your piece, but you're not giving a good overall experience. And I'm like, it's, it, it, it kind of makes you like, oh, okay. But then the Sony room gave you a great overall experience. Their picture, you know, wasn't as, as good, but it, the, but the room itself, you walked up people. I think that's why, like, there was a giant line all weekend around the Sony room. But in the, in the JVC room, you could walk in there for a demo anytime. And they didn't even like, even in the middle of it, they just let you go in. In this one, it's like in the Sony room, you had to, you know, you had to wait your turn and they did it properly and it was great. And JVC, they just want you to go in and go, wow, look at that big picture. I'm telling you that JVC room and my wife can confirm it was a great picture, but I have the relatively the same picture here. Now I have a processor in line, but for that money, that's $27,000, $28,000. I'm far, far cheaper than that. I mean, I paid four for my my Lumigen and I paid five. Actually, I paid four. It was on sale. I paid four for, I'm sorry, maybe it was 45, 4,500 for the projector like four years ago. So I paid $8,500 and it, in this room, it, it can compete. That's why I tell people, I'm like, you don't need a light cannon, people. It's just to throw a longer distance. Um, I would like mine a little brighter so that I could see the difference, but you'd probably dial it back. It's like my room's very, very bright. Uh, a great HDR image, and I love it. So there are ways to do it, but I think now see if JVC had a fantastic full room, Maybe this isn't what I'm talking about right now, right? I'm not sitting here going, huh, my room's as good as a $28,000 JVC room. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about JVC's great experience. What a great experience it was. 
wow, I can't even compete with that. That's what you want. Instead, I come home and go, yeah, it was a great picture, but I have that here. You just put a processor in line. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, so I, I'm not saying, I mean, that the NZ9s are fantastic. The NZ8s are fantastic. But come on, people. Give us an experience. Because, um, you know, that's what I'm about. Uh, let's see, KKR433 again. I am eager to learn about the cat cable speaker options from the Storm Systems. It looks revolutionary. When our black box space is completed, we will certainly ponder a switch from our current Trinov system to Storm. Um, I'm not even 100% sure you have to do that because it's more about the speaker system than it is about the Storm. I don't know. Maybe you could do it with a Trinov too. I, I can't speak to that 100%, but I do like... I do with, with 100% accuracy, I should say. Uh, but I do like the idea of everything being, you know, Ethernet connected because it just makes things simpler, more rock solid and monitorable. So you can see where things, where you might be having, uh, issues. Um, let's see. Let's see. Greg Heard 6024. Youth Man is a, is great and enjoying this show. Glad you got to see the, uh, and it was my first time there as well, invited based upon integrator, based upon integrator and just finishing having Gramani install 11.4.4 system in my home. Three year planning and budgeting, great experience and great live podcast. Uh, thanks, Greg. Uh, I've, I've spoken to Greg, uh, through text and or through emails. Uh, we contacted, he is going to be on the show in a few weeks. Um, We'll be talking about that Gramani system. I can't wait to hear. 1144. Damn. That's a nice system. I can't wait to hear. And, a, and with, and, uh, and Gramani. Oh my God. Uh, let's see. Uh, 25MJ. It's M-J-A-Y. Says, very cool. You are friends with Youthman. His videos on clips in the living room is great. Can't wait for Takeover Tuesday. I need to go to CD next year in Denver. I live south in Colorado Springs. Oh, hopefully I'll see you there. I love Colorado Springs. I go there for uh, USA Hockey. Um, my wife and I are actually looking forward to next year so that we can shoot down to Colorado Springs and go over to, uh, I'm going to take her up Pikes Peak. Uh, that was my son and I went up there last time we were out there. Uh, let's see. AAWS3VD says, yes, early access. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, DJ. Mike is a great guest. Oh, yeah. So that was, uh, uh, Patreon got an early access to the video. The Patreon, uh, Patreon got an early access to, uh, the Youth Man interview. Uh, let's see. Blue Wave 3050. One piece surprised the hell out of me. Looks and sounds fantastic. This, the episode on the flight with Buffy made for some crazy Atmos effects. Uh, I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> oh, here's a good one. Uh, Miguel Munoz 1713 says three days ago. Okay. We're getting to the end here. Uh, you mentioned, you need to mention more your speaker layout brands, etc. more often for the new subscribers. hundred percent right. Miguel. Um, and it's, again, it's one of those oversight things. We're so excited. I, I'm going to apologize, but not apologize because the apology is you're right. We should do that because it, we would be getting to our, you know, our new listeners would understand where we're coming from a little bit better. 
And we all love to talk about our this, our systems, but the podcast is about the experiences and we're so excited to get to them that we just, we're like, okay, let's just pretend they know. So I don't know, maybe we could do it once a month or maybe we could do it or we could take turns every week. One of us will, will update, will tell you what our system is. And then the next week we'll just do it that way, something like that. So like, I'm thinking like, for instance, uh, maybe, you know, on this week's live show and, or this week's episode, we'll do like, John will go first and he'll tell you everything that's in his system. And then, or maybe all three of us will do it. But then next week, just John will do it. Then the week after that, it'll be Steve. Then the weekend after that, it'll be me and then John again. And then that way it keeps us up to date, keeps everybody up to date. Uh, new listeners will be like, okay. And you'll hear about Steve's next week. We could do something like that. I just don't want it to become so repetitive that like, here we go again. And DJ has a, you know, he's running a Marantz 27, uh, you know, 7706 with uh Emotiva amp. And then he has this and a Kaleidoscape and a Panasonic 820. And it, you know, every week it would just become monotonous to the longtime listeners where it would be great for the, the new listeners. So maybe we could keep it fresh like that. Um, but it is a great suggestion because um, people do love hearing about the gear. And instead of, you know, I think maybe I can also put it on uh, our, our, our page uh, on the website. I can put all of our systems in there too. So then people can just go and see them. Um, so, because we do all have distinctly different systems, which I think is great so that we, we can then give you a, um, uh, you know, we give a well-rounded opinion of these experiences, especially when we all do them. Um, I have a dedicated space that I built myself. John has a dedicated, doesn't have a dedicated space. His is in a living room that he kind of did some of it himself, but he had some people help him with some other parts of it. Steve had somebody design the room for him and built the room for him. And he has an amazing space. So, you know what I mean? So they're all, we all come at it from differently. And it's, that's, I think we are a good cross section of our listenership. And I think of a good cross section of how home theaters can, you know, how you can attack this project, this, this hobby. Um, all right. Mr. Motown 1004 says passengers was one of my first UHD movies I ever saw way back in 2016. It definitely has amazing PQ and AQ picture quality and audio quality. I know I, I had never seen this before. I'd be willing to bet that if I went and looked, I probably own it. <laughs> I, I, I'm only betting that because that's the odds for me. It's like I buy stuff and be like, this is going to be great. Tunk, never see it. Uh, um, Ballstat, which is Travis. Uh, so glad you guys are getting it on passengers, getting in on passengers. I saw it in the theater and loved it. Amazing image and sound. Great movie. I remember walking out and saying, if Pratt and J-Law aren't a couple, they should be. Amazing on-camera chemistry. Finally, someone else likes this movie. Yeah, we all did. We all do. It's a great movie. I think it's a great movie to have a discussion about. Um, Travis and I can probably argue because we probably see it differently. Because <laughs> we do. But yes, it is good. And the Pratt and, and, um, Jennifer Lawrence is it, that whole thing. When I read on IMDb that she had, when they had their quote sex scene, she had to get drunk because that was going to be her, the first time she kissed somebody on camera that was married. 
and it was bothering her. So not only did she have to kiss him, but they had a sex scene and it bothered her. So she had to drink that day to loosen herself up so that she could do the scene because um, it bothered her that much. But it, maybe it bothered her because they did have so much good chemistry. And it's like, damn, this guy's married. I can't have this kind of chemistry. So that's that's one of the home, home uh, theater things. One of the um, movie things that's always bothered me. It's like, oh, okay. No, I can't do that. Um, all right, moving on. Happier times. No, but passengers, awesome. Uh, Mike Schramm, pretty sure I got passengers as one of the freebie 4Ks I got when I bought my Sony 4K player way back when. Uh, definitely got a, and then Steve replied, dig it out and give it a watch, Mike. So I'm sure he did. Uh, <clears throat> uh, go to the show notes, some extra information on Duel from Skippy Turtle One. So I, not going to play it for you, but, uh, and then Johnny speakers two days ago, uh, up to date. He says, great show as always boys. So that is it. Um, I had a takeover Tuesday from Tom Andre. I had another one from Corinder that I didn't transfer correctly, uh, as an email, but yeah, get your comments in email me at brightside home theater at gmail.com and I will save it. And then we will hit on this again, and at the end of October. So last week, last Tuesday of the month, Takeover Tuesday is all of your comments from the month. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, questions, comments, uh, suggestions. You saw what we did here. A lot of fun stuff. Um, I'm, I love getting these comments and I, I'd rather do it in a long format like this. And then, you know, as I get them in, we talk about it and you get to hear my perspective of it. Uh, you know, <laughs> subjective versus subjective, right? It's like objectively, this is how I feel. Subjectively, do you like my feelings? Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So that will do it for this week. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you to all my Patreon supporters. Thank you to everybody on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube uh, and listen in, because this is the audio-only podcast, if you're not on YouTube, please go over there. We're trying to get to a 1,000 so then we can make the big bucks. I told you earlier in the show what those big bucks are, and it will be rolling in. Not in a wheelbarrow. It'll be rolling in in like a you know little spatula. Uh, but yeah. The money will roll in, but more importantly, we'll be doing, we'll be scheduling the 24 hours of home theater where I'm going to talk for 24 hours to various people around the world, all home theater for 24 hours straight. So go over to YouTube, uh, hit subscribe, hit like, and that's the other thing. Let's hit that like button. I've got, I'm up to 960 subscribers. I'm getting... I'm averaging easily up to 300 something views, which is great for us. Thank you for everybody. But my likes are like pretty low. So I know I have consistently people going there, but I'm like, if you're getting 300 people a week and it's probably relatively the same two to 300 people and I'm getting like 10 likes. Okay. So hit the likes or tell me what you don't like so that I can get the likes. How about that? Oh boy, next week comments ought to be brutal. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. You know what you got to do. Go push play. What he said. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.